Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. Hi, everyone. Today, we are very lucky to be talking to Dr. Laura Cesaroni. She is the the clinical director of FERN, which is based in Toronto, York region. And it's doing some really amazing things for parents and families. So welcome. Thank you. How exciting to be here. And we have such a long relationship. So it's really nice for me to be here with both of you. So thank you for having me. Yes. Laura, it's so great that you're on this. We've talked about self-regulation so much. And every time that I have a client in your area, I always refer them to you for self-regulation, anxiety, any type of parent coaching yeah. related to anxiety. I'm always, you've got to see Laura Cesaroni. You've got to see Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura, go to Fern. Yeah. So I'm so happy that you're here to be able to share this with everybody. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And I think part of the conversation is why, you know, we're having this conversation is because as ABE practitioners, there's a lot that we can do. There's a lot that we don't do. And I think parents and families is a huge piece of what we do. And so we'd love to hear more about how you support parents and families um, and yeah. maybe Karma telling us a little bit about FERN and, and what it does. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I'm going to start a little bit. I'm going to go into FERN. Let me start with a little bit about first with self-reg and how I got into that, because it's kind of a nice journey and how FERN actually came to be. So I remember a number of years ago when I was at York University, which is in Toronto, and I was doing my undergraduate in um, psychology, and I had heard of Dr. Stuart Schenker because he was run, and he's the CEO of the Merit Center, and he actually was running a, a, a clinical study. He had a huge institute at York University, and he was working um, with little ones and families on the spectrum, and he was doing it with Stanley Greenspan. So uh, that's how early I, 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 I knew Stuart, which, which is amazing. I kind of lost touch with the work that he was doing, although I, I was familiar with the research because and the research is out there. But um, a few years ago, I was Googling self-regulation. This was about, you know, 
six, seven years ago. And the first thing that came up on Google was his, was his uh, company, the Merit Center. And I saw that they were running uh, courses. So I got in touch with them right away and I wanted to do some uh, PD with them in training. And um, I think I went to uh, self break because I was looking for strategies. I was looking for strategies for working with kids, right? Especially these big behaviors, right? Because at firm, that's what I was experiencing. We were seeing so many kiddos that were dysregulated, anxious, um, and families as well. So I think that's what brought me to that Google of self-regulation. And then I, uh, what I ended up doing was going through um, all their professional development there. Um, and I um, learned quite quickly that it wasn't a program in terms of there where I was going to get strategies in terms of specific strategies for, for working with behaviors, right? It's been a long journey um, of understanding what self-regulation is, but from the original definition of self-regulation, and we could talk about that a little, a little bit later on, um, it, it's really understanding stress, right? And, and the importance of relationships. Um, and I'd encourage anyone to go to uh, the, the Merit Center website to, to find out more about their courses. So this brings me to a firm. And um, so within the last few years through the Merit Center, I've been facilitating their courses. And one of the courses that I brought to Fern is the um, parenting course. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, so Fern. So Fern is where I am right now. It's in the GTA. And I work with, we work with a number of families and caregivers and educators. And actually a lot of students come to us for a placement as well an intern here, which is fantastic, and it's a not-for-profit. So we consult with um, a lot of schools and other organizations under the FERN umbrella, and we offer a variety of services and supports. Now, you know, it's, it's shifted since the pandemic a little bit because most of our stuff had to go online. Um, Pre-pandemic, we were doing a lot here in terms of groups. We were running yoga and art therapy and, and, you know, dance classes and social skills and uh, girls group. Uh, it's really shifted a little bit from that. Um, but my first real job was um, working in Toronto and I was trained as a, um, uh, I, I went to U of T in Oise in, in child psychology. So I trained really early in completing psychoeducational in psychological testing, and I work primarily through Sick Kids Hospital and, and the Toronto Institute of, of Psychiatry. You know, it's interesting just because of, of Fern. Um, you know, what resonated me with me very early when I went, was interning and as a young clinician were the families, and I knew that when I was in these um, these settings, that that my relationship with them was really, really important. But again, I was also really super privileged to work with like great mentors, right? That were relational based as well. So something that really stood out for me as a clinician was the stress. The stress within those systems, especially when families were um, needed to go through that diagnostic process and especially standardized testing, which, which is a stress test, right? Basically. And, and we 
Right. We've talked about that so much too, you know, Laura, what you failed to mention is that you do have a behavioral background and, you know, I, you do, you do understand functions of behavior and you understand yeah. all that, but you and I have had so many conversations about there's more to it than that. So with so many individuals, we see not only the individuals with autism we work with, but also with their families, there's yeah. so many more, um, reasons why kids are behaving or misbehaving. And that's because, um, you know, of sure, the four functions of behavior that we all talk about so much more though, and it's that stress piece. And that's one thing as behaviorists that I don't think we're recognizing enough. And that's why I always rely on you for that. Um, So yeah. And and I think that that's really good to point out because self-reg does use the original definition, right, of, of self-regulation, and it is stress-based. That is the original de- definition. Um, Stuart did a, um, a study, I'm going to say it was 2015, but I, I could be wrong, where he looked at the, the variety of definitions of self-regulation. There were 447 definitions of self-regulation. Wow. 447. And you can look at the study and I I can provide it to your members if they're interested. Only one was the original definition, which self-reg uses. So it's fascinating when we're talking about conceptual clarity, right? And what's going on. And I think, I think recognizing the stress for families, like early on in my training, is kind of what first excited me about that self-reg framework, right? Because it kind of it, it kind of acknowledged my experiences as a parent, right? Not only that, but but my experiences as a clinician now, and and what the families were telling me, what the kid kiddos were telling me, what the teens were telling me. But you know what? I have to say what my gut was telling me about stress. You know, and it's like we kind of knew it, but the science of self reg, the science of stress and self regulation, really helped me understand it a lot better. So so that that's kind of my early history and what brought me to Fern and wanting to care for and support families. And yeah, it's and so true. Me. Yeah. And so much we so many so often we go into a home and we clinicians often get frustrated because like why aren't they just taking data? Why aren't they following through with this protocol? Yeah. And we you know, we tend to forget at that missing piece, which is there's a whole nother, you know, big picture that until you're a parent or until you really understand what's going on, it's hard sometimes for a clinician to realize how big of a part stress plays in that. And I think that, you know, over many years of us practicing, I for sure realize that that plays such a huge piece in our kids' success. And we really can't ignore the fact that it's not just about the functions and the follow through and, you know, training. It's not just about that. There's so much more that goes on in a home. Um, so it's really, really important for us to at least take that into consideration. Yeah. And, and sure. What you're saying is so, so true. It's absolutely perfect. So we have to consider it. We have to be aware of it, but listen, we have to be aware of it for ourselves as well. Right. Especially I'd imagine with your members, that they are going into homes, right? And they're they're coming with their own energy. They're coming with their own stress, totally. right? And That's a great um, point. So, so it's not only the 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 parental stress, the the child or you know the client stress, but it's also their own stress uh, as as a therapist, right? And that's something that I didn't think that you know. I don't think I was really aware of it. I don't think I was really aware of my own stress. Even when I I um, wanted to do Fern, you know, I thought, oh, is it this 
you know, it's going to be about families and caring and supporting. It was all about them, right? It was all about them. It, it, very little about me as, as a clinician, but you know what? That's what matters most. That's where the self is in self-regulation. We, yeah. we matter most, especially especially us as parents, right? And I know both of you have very young children, I think, at home, right? Mm-hmm. Not so young yeah. anymore, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Younger than mine, Shana. I have had a children now, my goodness. Yeah. Right? Right? Uh, but yeah, I use it so much as a clinician. You're right. Just in the perspective of... Um, you know, the co-regulation piece and being able to be a partner in regulation, um, the whole can't versus won't perspective. I use it so much. I train my staff on using it. And I think it's an important perspective. Oh, that's great, Shira. So, you know, you, you it's perfect. I mean, I love that because, you know, it's, it's getting out of that self-control mindset and understanding right. that it's not about self-management, right? Which, you know, our education system is so really, you know, driven by that when you see that self-regulation on that report card, right? What, 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 does, what is it? It's self-management, right? So it's really about understanding and highlighting the differences between self-reg Right. And self-regulation, those 446 definitions of self-regulation, which are all about self-management will, right? Will so I'm curious what your definite, what is the definition of self-regulation? Oh gosh. Okay. So hard, it's hard to kind of just sum it up. So here's the way I like to sum it up. When we were doing the training through um, the organization, we had to develop an elevator speech for self, what self-reg is. And my elevator speech is constantly evolving. So, okay, so here's my elevator speech that I think that I'm really comfortable with right now because listen, I'm a learner. I'm not an expert in this at all. Um, I'm really, it's a learning journey. And every time I do PD with Stuart or Susan Hopkins, honestly, I I just dive deeper into the science and the understanding of these concepts. So basic, basically, simply what I can say is a five-step model of managing stress and, and, and using that original definition of stress, of course, right? Um, these five steps, I think for, for me, and I think uh, Dr. Shanker would, would agree, were designed to help us restore. And this includes children, teens and adults across across the lifespan. I think I think a primary piece of this five-step model is restoration. And I think understanding what restoration is and why it's important is super critical today, right? Because we are in a time with huge stressors, which we can't control. Like for the for example, the stress of the pandemic, right? We can't eliminate these these obvious huge major stressors. Now Although we can't eliminate them, right? We can learn to manage them, right? And we can understand them and understand and uncover these stressors and understand that they impact our state. They impact parent state, they impact child teen state, right? How we restore for me is huge for the work I do with, with my families here and the kids that I see and Shana, like the kids that, you know, we see for, for anxieties, especially, right? Um, and, and it's to support that that restoration, which is a, is, is a process. So I think that five-step model from Self-Raid really, really does a good job helping us understand how to kind of titrate stress and reduce stress, right? And one of the biggest problems we're seeing right now are maladaptive ways of dealing with stress. And, and we've all experienced this, 
I, I'd love to hear from you guys. But for me, I mean, one that I really maladaptive was, was, you know, being hit by at work with, with a variety of stressors and the five domains that we talk about in self-reg, getting home at the end of the day, not having my dinner on, right? Knowing that I probably have a couple more hours of work to do later on. And what do I do? I walk into the pantry, open up the bag of Mr. Hayes, you know, salt and vinegar chips, right? Like I need the fuel. Like I need it right away. It's maladaptive, right? But it's actually my body's way of regulating because it offers momentary relief. Right, it does. It offers me that that boost that I need, my body needs at that time. But what does it does? It shuts down other opportunities for me to recover. Right? Absolutely. And we talk about, you know, as ABA professionals, we talk about acceptance and commitment therapy. So ACT is yeah. a big thing in the field. And this is very similar. And, you know, we talk about, you know, on our best days, what does our, you know, what, how do we think and how do we feel and what do our behaviors look like? But then on our worst days, what does that look like? And I love that term that you said, it, it just restore. It's not about treatment. It is treatment of stress, but it's not about, I'm going to fix this. It's about, I'm going to restore it back yeah. to the way it used to be. And I love that term. So it's yeah. about, okay, great. So on my worst day, you know, on your worst day, you grab for the potato chips on my worst day it's actually avoidance i just shut right down and i right. avoid everything and then the next day right. it makes it worse because i've got a pile of emails i've got phone calls i need to return and everything else but that avoidance is what i need but that's my worst day so how do i get back to my best day and what uh, yeah. to do absolutely love that and i love that you're highlighting sheen it's perfect avoidance because this is what we do in step one of the method we reframe avoidance we reframe, reframe um, bad eating. We reframe every behavior, right? So avoidance is a huge one. I mean, it's one of my stress fronts, actually, avoidance, right? Um, isolating self. And, and the important thing is we do this for ourselves first. We try to understand it for ourselves. It almost kind of shifts our lens. Then when we're look, looking at families, when we're looking at kiddos, because then we're seeing these kind of big behaviors like, defiance, oppositional behavior, a separation anxiety, you know, depression. And we kind of can shift our lens and think, okay, that's stress behavior, just like avoidance and grabbing trips is for me. So it is maladaptive. I mean, the problem is, is that we want to get folks and ourselves back to adaptive ways of regulating. Restoration actually is the fifth step in the model, is the fifth step in the model, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've seen, um, I mean, lots of parents who you work with at Fern, what would you say are like the, the main stressors that parents experience um, mm. that they may be using these maladaptive behaviors to cope with? So I'm going to, cause I'm just going to pull something up because I don't have these memorized because there's quite a few, because I've been running the uh, parenting course for quite a while through Fern and what we do in our virtual not virtual, we actually used to meet, right now we're virtual, but we always collect our stressors. It's amazing the things. Now remember, these are um, their caregivers, their grandparents, their uh, parents, and, and the majority have uh, quite vulnerable children at home, okay? So here are some themes, and I, I, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. 
as you're grabbing that, you know, I keep thinking back to, you know, my 20s and when I first became a BCBA and first got into this field. And I just thought, you know, I'm on top of the world and I could do no wrong. And, you know, I walk in as a 20 year old and I think I'm the expert in things. And parents yeah. look at me like, well, okay, so she's got a lot of energy, but what does that have to do with me? Right. And then yeah. I get frustrated at the end of the day because parents wouldn't follow through with suggestions or teachers wouldn't do certain things. And, you know, now, I mean, after we've chatted and everything else, but hearing like stressors, oh, wow, you know, we teach our kids to take perspective, but we ourselves as therapists aren't perspective taking. So I I would love to hear these stressors because we all need to be aware of perspective taking. and Right, right. Yeah, you're you're so, so right. And I think that's that's the soft eyes that the self-reg always speaks about and Susan Hopkins speaks about. It does give us a more compassionate lens, right, to, to, to what's in front of us. Okay, so here are some of them. So one that, and these are the ones that come up all the time, okay? Those are the ones I'm going to highlight. So the demands for doing. The mere demand for doing. Feeling like the training never ends. So the group really identified that in these demands for doing, they weren't able to be. They just weren't able to be in their family and find those moments of restoration outside of scheduled times, right? We always say to to families and for ourselves, okay, well, we'll schedule that mummy-daughter time or that daddy-daughter time, right? And we'll do it on the weekend. But, you know, we really need to be thinking about being, you know, and restoring throughout our day. So, so the demands were really, really high, right? And doing, just the mere fact of having to do felt like pressure. And that was the demand on their body, right? When the resources were already depleted. Think about it because they have they have vulnerable children at home, right? Um, okay, so cognitive demands. Now in self right, we 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 do a five domain model and we think about stressors in the five domains. So these are some of the cognitive demands: staying connected to the latest research and information, right? Or staying too connected to it with Google out there, right? There's like, what do you sort through and what do you not? Oh, that's that, that's so good, right? I didn't highlight. I highlight that there, but that that's so good, Shana. You're absolutely right. So, and, and and the treatment options, right? Because things pop up all the time, depending where the research goes, depending where people are located, right? And so, so that's absolutely right. And then, of course, the time constraints. That was a huge one. And then planning and scheduling interventions and follow-ups, right? Constant psychoeducation and being labeled. Now, this was an interesting one that comes up. Being labeled as a parent that does either too much or too little to support their child, especially especially academically, right? Because um, most of these kiddos are um, identified as exceptional, right, in the education system. So parents are constantly the cognitive demand of keeping up with the curriculum, keeping up with the, the expectations in the education system. So th- those were some some within the cognitive domain. You want to hear some social demands? Absolutely. So this is the social domains. So having therapists in their homes is definitely um, a, a stressor. Multiple specialists. So it's not it's not only one, right? It's, it's multiple specialists that, that families have to travel to and meetings. Um, and then of course, the one that comes up often is the caring for extended families, like like aging parents. That, that's that's one that comes up quite a bit. We have um, pro-social stressors, and this is really about feeling um, the stress of others, right? 
And our parents are, they, they, they're super feelers, right? And um, they're in an education system where they're already um, worried about their own child, but then they're very, very aware that the educators are burnt out as well. So recognizing the burnout of other people, but needing to be that advocate, that warrior, that, that, that is a demand on them, that, that is huge. Of course, there's the emotion domain, and I think we're most familiar probably with the emotion domain. Um, there's a lot of grief that's talked about, uh, a lot of worry, especially when there's decisions needing to be made around medicine. You know, am I making the right decision? There's a sense of shame, incompetence, a lot of self-blame, and, and there's fear. I mean, because, you know, we think so forward, right, that there's a lot of fear. Um, especially in the world that we're living with right now. I think maybe let's just talk quickly about the social stressors because I think you guys might find this one, uh, and I, I don't think you'll be surprised by this one. So there's exclusion, right? When you have a vulnerable child from typical social contexts and networks. And then there's, this was a really interesting one. And, and I actually, um, I learn from them all the time. That's why I say I'm not an expert, I'm a learner. This was really an interesting one for me. So we've got low levels of social interaction paired with the pressure to socialize a child. That's, right? wow. Like think about that one, right? And I guess the tricky part is, and, and, and is that everyone is different. And of course I have this kind of demographic here, but so our, all our stressors are different, right? And they're, Absolutely. Often, they're often hidden. They're often hidden, these stressors. We think these major stressors, right? Like, um, you know, too much pop for our kids or work-life balance or not getting enough, like the nature deficit or something like that, right? But the, the what we're talking about are the hidden stressors. And they are most costly. They are most costly to our system. They're the ones that burn, burn our energy. So about that fifth, you know, step that you guys were speaking about, about restoring, you can imagine how these clusters of stressors bounce up against each other and they kind of magnify, yeah, for, for us and for our children, right? Yeah, and they're constant. They're constant. And it's not just one stressor. It's, you know, oh my God. all at the same time. I mean, isn't that fascinating to think about? It's actually making me having to take a few deep breaths, right? Because it is, it's a lot. And I, you know, I talked to a lot of parents about this already, so I am aware, but this yeah. makes me more aware of, you know, of, wow, just how much people yeah. are going through. And, yeah. you know, just a, a personal story. I, I'm a very active person and I do a lot and I do a lot of sports and recreation and everything else and what have you. And I'm very social. So, you know, for me getting out on the weekend and doing this and that and what have you and bringing kids with me, not, it's not a huge deal. And, you know, I'm just very quick to recommend that to families. Um, but you're right, Laura, there's a lot of families who aren't extroverts like I am. You know, there's a lot of families who are introverts who prefer, you know, to be in the coziness of their own home where they've had a really stressful week. And the last thing they want to do is go out on a busy Saturday. So, mm -hmm. you know, for us to look at that and, and recommend doing these things to parents is almost like we need to recognize our own bias. It's almost a bias. Yes, um, yes. And it's, you know, that's not talked about because, you know, we just have to assume, well, you've got to get your child socialized. So you must do this and this and this. And you really need to sit back and go, well, is that part of the parent's um, 
uh, repertoire? Are they able to do that? That's it. That's it. And are they able to do it when being hit and caught in this stress cycle? Yeah. Right. And, And then how do we support parents? How do we care for parents? I was just reading a, um, a study from 2019. It's out of Washington. And I can't remember what the the, um, the institute that did it, but it's called, I think, Vibrant and Healthy Kids. And they actually made a, gra- a really um, important statement in it recently. And of course, we know that parenting and relationships, you know, early on are important for our children. And, and you know, it builds resilience and develop to how important it is. But then they made a statement and it really stuck out for me it was something along the lines of um how we care for our parents is very important and that's what the science is showing the fact that they use they use the word care i mean it just really hit it kind of hit my heart actually because parents need to be nurtured as well yeah it just spoke to me parents need to be nurtured Right. And sometimes we just throw it all. We throw it all on our kids. Right. And, 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 and that experience of who's recognizing us, who's nurturing us, who's recognizing our overwhelm and the stress that we're under. Right. And it, it, again, it's not about like we can't, you know, eliminate all the stress in today's world. Right. This isn't what this is about. But I think, Shannon, you said it. It's about kind of. Um, Checking ourselves, maybe, and our biases, and how we see people, and how we see kiddos and families. Yeah, I, I love the way you, why, way you said that. You know, and then Shira, you spoke about the co-regulation part, and I know we're not going to speak about that. You know, right, right now, but um, it, it's so so important because when we care for others, it is that about that co-regulating piece. Yeah, one of the quotes I use, I find myself using all the time is when, you know, teachers and and staff are frustrated because it's the, you know, the, the kids who have like the hidden diagnoses, the ones that are invisible, that are the most frustrating sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I find myself saying all the time, like, he's not giving you a hard time. He's having a hard time and having that perspective, like, you know, they're still frustrated and you still need to validate how hard it is to to care for these kids. But I think having the perspective of this is not a matter of misbehavior. It's not malicious. It's, you know, a child who's struggling. Um, And if you see it from that perspective of their, you know, their, their, whole body is overwhelmed and the, the stress that they're just not coping and they're not managing. Um, I just, I think that's an important perspective for us to have. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. And that's it. I think that's really the crux of self-reg, quite honestly, you know, it really gets to what's most important and it's the relationships. And, you know, also what, what I have found and what I've heard from other people who kind of work within this model is that the minute you do like you said, have that kind of reframing that you're doing, it kind of lowers our stress, right? It just kind of, it kind of like, ah, and it gives us a breath, right? That's, and that's a restorative breath. Just like Shana was saying, she's feeling it in her chest, right? And like, I I understand that because, you know, I'm kind of energy centered that way as well. And I can feel feel that from other people as well, especially the families and the kids I work with. And I immediately notice it in my breath. I immediately notice the tension. But what if we weren't? What if we weren't that self-aware? What if we let that pile up throughout the day, throughout the weeks, throughout the months? Right. And we couldn't take that deep breath. 
at that moment. And I can see a lot of our listeners right now saying, oh my gosh, that's that's me. That's me right there. I'm, I, I have so much going on. I have a huge caseload. I have you know, yeah. a, a lot of clients I um, that are engaging in negative behavior. I've got parents who aren't following through. I've got my home life that's doing this and I've got this going on and I've got my own kids and I've got this. And, you know, so I can, I, I, I feel for everyone out there listening to this right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember once with my daughter and I'll just tell you a little personal story um, because a lot of these things that you guys are bringing forward, I mean, we're not going to be able to fix them, especially in the moment, right? We cannot fix these, this dysregulation, this high arousal, the anxiety in the moment. So what are we supposed to do when we can't fix it? So my daughter, had, um, she was a teen and had gone through something really, really challenging. And I have permission to talk about this. Um, and I won't go into details about what happened because it's not the time right now. But um, as a parent, I couldn't fix it. The event had happened and I, I, I couldn't fix it as a parent. But boy, did I try. I mean, boy, did I uh, try to problem solve around it. Did I cheerlead her on? Did I try to reassure her? Um, you know, did I spend endless nights up with her thinking about, you know, what to do about it? Uh, you know, here's what happened. She remained in distress. She remained in distress. And I was like, what is going on? What is going on? Like, why can't I fix this? Because I didn't need to fix it. The event had happened. What did I need to do? I needed to help her manage the stress. That's all it was. I needed her. The stress was up. I needed to help her manage it and to regulate down. So I did that, Shira. Like you said, through the co-regulation, there's that interbrain connection that we talk about. So I soothed her. I soothed that kindled alarm, that sensitized system. It took days, right? But that's all my job was. As soon as I recognized and became aware that that was my job at that time, I, I was able to breathe through it. And it would be like time on the sofa. Time giving her hand massages, time making cups of tea for her. And my job was not to fix it. And sometimes when we can sit in that distress and understand that our uh, my job as a parent at that time was just to soothe, I mean, it's amazing. It, it, it's kind of like the magic bullet, quite honestly. For it's me. Easier said than done sometimes, though. But... Oh, for sure. I get it. <laughs> but definitely yeah, reframing, right? Good. Definitely oh. reframing as a parent. All you want to do is, you know, protect your kids and keep them safe. And then when they are out in the world, you know, if you can fix situations, that would be amazing and step in with all your experience, but you have to let them live and you have to let them get through those experiences. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in that teenage phase now. I have like almost three teenagers. And so, oh my gosh, it, it is those, the story you kind of described is like every day. So it's very stressful. <laughs> I, I'm sure you you are so self-aware that you're doing a lot of what I needed to learn to do with my daughter, Shira. I'm I mean, sure I'm not as soothing as you are. Your voice is just so calming. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, you know, that's an interesting thing because, you know, we get the question all the time, like when our kids are in, especially the kids that we're working with, like, what do you do when they're that aroused, when they're in that meltdown? I mean, that's why I was Googling, you know, dysregulation the first time when, you know, Stuart's organization came up, like, what do we do? Give me the strategies. And, you know, the nonverbals, I mean, it's the first thing we do, right? We learn, we learn about how our voice, you know, what, what, how, how to, how to pace our voice. We learn about the soothing tones because 
what the child is picking up on when they're in that high arousal state is all our nonverbals. Yeah. It's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. It's how your body language is. It's how your tone is for sure. Yeah. It's really about slowing down, right? It's about slowing down. Yeah. Super Absolutely. Important. So you're doing some really great work at Fern um, yeah. with parenting courses and self-reg. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. So let's talk about this one specifically, right? Because I think it's it's a great one if, if parents do want to learn more about the self-reg model, right? So what we do at Fern is actually we purchase the course from the Merit Center. And it's great because families have um, different ways of moving through the course. So it's it's online, it's all, and they can do it from their home. And there's 10 modules. So how we run it at, at Fern is they, they get their um, they get the platform and they get their login and they have it for you know nine months to a year actually. So it's really slow paced, which is I think really super important given the stressors that we've identified with our families. They have a year to work with the course. Um, and what they do is um, it's different, quite honestly. Some families will take the course and they will go away and then they'll want under the FERN umbrella, maybe some different supports and services, maybe you know some time with a clinician, maybe some, some support for, for, for their child. Other uh, families wanna go deeper in the concepts in the course. And those are the families that actually do the course at home and they come and join us in our now, prior to the pandemic, it was um, a, a chat here, uh, but right now it's a virtual chat. And actually, it actually has opened up uh, um, the possibilities actually for so many uh, different parents to join and, and that they don't have to come to firm. So there's different ways of working through the course um, and and uh, we can talk about the course if you think that we should we should maybe just talk a little bit about what the modules are. We can I can no, go through that. Let's do it. That? Let's do it. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So it's ten modules. You you virtually um, will hear from Dr. Uh, Shanker and Dr. Hopkins, who's the executive director of um, uh, the Merit Center, and they introduce the topic. Um, in each modules, uh, then you it, basically this parenting course. It's, it's kind of less about the science and more about the uh, practical parenting possibilities is what I'm going to say. And I really like that because you, you have a lot of parents joining in the course and actually talking through how they've applied self-reg to their lives. And it's fantastic. You'll also meet some other experts in the field like Dr. Jean Clinton, and she's amazing. Um, I think Shana, you know, Dr. Clinton, but but she- I don't she, know her. I don't know her, but she's incredible. And she's done some virtual workshops at my daughter's school. Um, and she's she talks about making connections with, you know, making connections first. And I think of that from a behaviorist point of view of, well, we talk about pairing and going in as a therapist mm -hmm. and making connections. And she talks about it from a parental standpoint. And I just, I yeah. love the terminology she uses. Yeah. Yeah. So you meet her throughout the course and um, talk about a soothing voice, Shira. I could listen to Dr. Clinton forever. Honestly, I've seen her in person. I've seen her in a lot of workshops, but, and same with uh, Stuart. He, he has a beautiful voice. I could listen to him forever as well. Um, and it makes a difference, right? When you're sharing this space and sharing this learning and, you know, and, and I think that um, from what I've heard from parents, and I've gone through the course myself many times, um, is that it, it's soothing. I, 
actually all the courses at self-reg I find quite soothing. It's kind of, it is my professional development, but it's also my, my restoration actually. So uh, module one, uh, we can just go through quickly. Module one is kind of an introduction to what self-reg is. And you'll basically hear a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. Uh, module two kind of di dives into those five domains of stress that we highlighted with um, the parents that we were speaking about, you know, is the, the biological stressors, the cognitive stressors, the social stressors, and other, other stressors as well. So um, that's module two, but then module, I guess it would be three, four, five, six, and seven, actually dives into that five-step self-break model. So, so you'll learn deeply what that model is that we've been touching on here. And it will really help you kind of move through the model for yourself and, and for, for your own child. Um, and the five steps, I think, help parents understand the why to some of the stress behaviors they're say, seeing and, and what they can do for it. Um, what they can do about the behaviors. The, the last module is like eight and 10. They're more full circle. It's more, there's a lot of storytelling, which I, I think families enjoy. And, and it, it, modules eight and 10 kind of dive into maybe what this feels like to, to put it into practice. I mean, I, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, you're going to go through it and you're going to see that, you know, there's potential, right? Trajectories, you know, can shift. A window with self-regulation never, ever closes. And I think it is so hopeful for uh, parents to be able to um, hear this, to hear this. The other thing about, you know, for me and Fern and what we do, we don't consider us, ourselves experts in this in self-reg or anything we do, we really turn to parents and consider them the experts. I mean, they come to us with so much knowledge, even about self-regulation, because families culturally, family values, I mean, they are restoring and it's about really listening and, and helping them find and that belief and empowering parents that, that they can do this. It's not about the doing more because I really want to be careful of that, given what we've heard from with parents. It's about just shifting to do a little bit differently. Yeah. So, so that's basically the course. That's great. And Laura, I think I learned that line from you. I go in a lot to parents and even to teachers. And I say, listen, you know, I'm coming in as the behavior expert, by, but by all means, I am not the expert on your child. You yeah. are. Or I'm not the expert in your classroom. You are. And um, that line, you said it over the years many times. It's really yeah. resonated with me. And it makes yeah. sense. It's not about parents doing more. Here's one extra thing you need to do. It's just about shifting your perspective. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Shana. Absolutely. So that's it. So Laura, that's fantastic. And I love what Fern is doing. You were saying, you know, you can go to self-reg.ca self or you yes. can go to, you know, the Merit Center directly. And these courses are there and they're available for parents, but it's really a, a self-paced course. And it's here to take this, go for it, one click and you're done. Yeah. Um, what I love that Fern York Region is doing is that um, you guys are actually running virtual classes and discussion yeah. classes with parents. about yeah. so, Do this module and then we'll talk about it and talk about how it's affecting all right. of us so that they feel a bit more like a community and that they're not alone in this journey. 
I think so. I think so. And that and that's that's golden, right? I mean, that's where we can support each other. That's where we care for each other. I mean, that word care, it's really one that we've incorporated here at Fern, right? Because just through that caring process of, of having a space, right, to be with people who kind of get it and have that similar mindset and who understand stress and that process. I mean, I think for Fern that that's what we do. You know, I think about, and, and I think you guys know that we run a, a youth group as well, and we've been running it for, Fern is about 10 years old, and um, uh, the youth group has been running almost from day one, and now we're virtual because we're, we're you know, coming out of this pandemic as well, but that, that uh, youth group, I mean, it really is quite fascinating to even see how um, these kids have hung on to this group. I mean, they started at such a young age. They're now teens, like they're in high school. We even have a, a college um, a wow. college student with us now. And I don't think it's because of um, anything that we're doing. It's because we have this sense of community. It's mm-hmm. because we have this uh, sense of belonging, because it's a safe space, right? And I do, and we have heard a lot because I, I'm really into surveying, you know, families, parents, and, and the people that come come to Fern, and that, that's really important to us. When we do survey our students, it is exactly what you just said, Sheena. It's, it's just about like it's, it kind of is a time for restoration, right? It's a time to to lower their stress, right? And I think if we can offer that to to families and to the the our clients, I think I think you know. We're looking after caring for people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how can people find out more about you, about Fern? Where can they so, go? I think I think what Shane has said, like you can go to the website and uh, the fernyorkregion.com. I'm going to say what it is. I think that's what it is. And um, <laughs> we have a lot of our supports and services listed there. Um, and uh, that that's how how you'll find out about me as well. I don't have a big. We do have an Instagram. Uh, at Fern. Um, a lot of our students take that over. So it's kind of a fun place to um, peek into. It's it's a lot of our uh, bunny. So I'm just going to say that. I see your bunny all the time on Instagram. <laughs> we have a little therapy bunny here who is like the highlight. It's kind of like the mascot of Fern. So everyone's requesting um, bunny Instagram posts. But anyway, that you, you can actually travel to that. So, so that's awesome too. But I think the website's the best way. Right. So we'll post that in the show notes as well. So it's fernyorkregion.com and yeah. we'll post that there. And then information on the Parenting Self-Reg course is there as well. Yeah. Um, so and if- I, I am more than if any of your members or if anyone wants to follow up with me and have any specific questions, I'd be more than willing to speak to them over over email and they can um, email Fern and, and I'll get that right away. So I, I wanted to okay. offer that as well. Thank you. That's incredible because it's such a missing piece of what we do. And this was such a brief conversation, but it highlighted so many things um, that we as professionals need to recognize, as well as, um, you know, what is happening within a lot of families. So thank you for that, Laura. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been delightful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I highly recommend everybody check it out. It's really useful information. Um, I've done pieces of the course and it's, it really changes, you know, the way we approach things. And thank you, Laura, for sharing all that with us. Thank you. Thank you very much.
Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com. And make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.